Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Right Way Podcast live. Oh, we're on YouTube today, but uh, live uh, on the Right Way Sports Network's YouTube channel, joined by Miss Alexis. How are we doing today? I am doing swell. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. I can't complain too much. We're also joined by special ghost filling in, uh, special host uh, filling in for our guy, Daniel, who uh, we want to you know, give a huge congratulations to. He just graduated today. So, Daniel, buddy, we miss you. Uh, have a hope you have a great. I uh, hope you have a great uh, graduation day. Hope you're enjoying it. And Max is going to carry uh, uh, the load today. I'm pretty sure of that. So, Max, are you excited, buddy? Oh, I'm excited. I'm glad to be here. Right, right, right. And we're glad to have you too. We have a lot to talk about today, guys. But before we do, just want to remind people they can follow us on. Instagram at TWSnet, on Facebook at the Right Way Sports Network, on Twitter at TWSnet with two Ts. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My name is right there uh, on the on the, uh, on the bottom half where it says Right Report. You can find me on Instagram. I'm always answering questions. You can find Lex. You can find Max. And I, once again, we're always answering any questions that you guys might have. With that being said, jam-packed show, lots of stuff to talk about, but no bigger news to talk about than the retirement of the one and only notorious one, Conor McGregor. Um, Max, let's get your thoughts on that. I know you're a big MMA guy. Uh, we, we got some some news coming at the end of the podcast too, but let's get your thoughts on that. Uh, Conor McGregor retired. Yeah, uh, but I think it's fair to put some quotations on that on that word right. retirement. Uh, right. As he's proven in the past, he's retired, quote unquote, a couple times, and he's right. come back to fight. So. Um, look, in my opinion, uh, I think it's just he, he needs fans in the arena. As we see, like, we, we have the issue with Masvidal, John Jones, with the contract disputes. And a lot of that is because there's no gates. There's no live fans, right? So as a result, they're not going to be making as much money on the fights. And Dana White is in a bit of a, a struggle with them. Right. Um, and I think to avoid that sort of controversy, uh, because he's already dealing with a lot of controversy in all seriousness, uh, right. I feel that... You know, he's just he wants to wait this uh, pandemic out and hopefully once there's fans back in the seats, I think he'll be back. All right. So can I honestly be the first to call this bull crap? <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Conor, Conor McGregor is the notorious one. Can we all agree to that? He's the oh, notorious 100%. one. Right. Yeah. But he's also 100%. the notorious. He's also the notorious one for stealing the spotlight from others. This is That's what he right. does. Amanda Nunes, who is the female. Right. He, Amanda Nunes is a female goat. What does that mean? What is a goat instead of a goat? Greatest women's of all time. That's what I call her, the goat. Amanda Nunes is that great. She came off of an absolute spectacular finish of Felicia Spencer. And while everyone is celebrating Amanda Nunes' greatness or goatness, well, we it's short-lived. Why? Because we literally see, after UFC 250, a tweet from Conor McGregor that says, the game, the game is no longer fun for me. I'm done. I'm hanging it up. It's been, it's been great. It's been a good ride. Listen, on the Right Way podcast, we try to keep it PG-13 for the kids. But I'm going to call Conor McGregor an attention whore. That's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to call Conor McGregor an attention whore because this is what he wants. He just wants the attention. He's like that one. Um, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but he's like that person in school, you know, dressed up, you know, super nice every single day, hoping to get the attention from someone or someone to notice and say, oh, you got nice shoes on. Yeah, you're wearing a nice skirt. You're wearing a nice uh, jacket. This is what he does. He wants to take the attention off of the greatness, the goatness, the goatness of Amanda Nunes and bring it all to himself. Connor, let's stop the BS, right? Dana White said it best this week. Dana White said Conor McGregor had the ability to step in and fight Tony Ferguson, but he turned the fight down like he's turned down numerous fights throughout his UFC tenure. He turned down the fight against Khabib several times. He turned down the fight against Tony Ferguson several times. He doesn't want to fight Jorge Masvidal. And to be quite honest with you, Max and Alexis, that's the fight that makes sense. Both of these guys don't have opponents. Both of these guys say they're their baddest mother effer in the game. Both of these guys say... Listen, I'm the king of the jungle. This is my time. Well, what better way to prove it than on Fight Island, July 11th, Conor McGregor versus Jorge Masvidal. Is that not a win-win? So let me step in on this one, Malik, if you don't mind. Uh, Look, it's fun for the fans. Who doesn't want to see Masvidal versus McGregor? Those two guys are full of personality, full of life. But let me tell you something. Like I mentioned in in our chat earlier, uh, I think that the next fight in line for Masvidal should be a fight against Kamara Usman for the title. I think if anybody deserves it, it's him and Gilbert Burns, which, you know, obviously they already set up. I'm sure we'll get into that later. But I feel like he's he's done everything in his power to prove that he's the number one contender in that division. He deserves at least a shot for the title. And I think McGregor should focus more on his rematch with, with Habib. I think he doesn't need to necessarily move up and wait to that degree. I don't think he needs to fight for that title. But I do think that if he waited it out, took the fight against Tony like you suggested, which it was obvious he wasn't going to do it. He has too much to lose if he does that, right? Um, but in all seriousness, uh, I feel that if, if Connor focused on Tony, then Habib, and Masvidal focused on Usman, that's the way that the UFC and how these guys should handle it, in my opinion. Alexis, you got anything to add about Conor McGregor retiring? Um, like you said, I think that he will be back. I don't think this is the last we're going to see of him. Um, he does, you know, love to be the center of attention. He's an attention whore. We can say it. <laughs> we've seen very often. So, uh, <laughs> so I really, I don't think that this will be the last time we see or hear from Conor McGregor. Uh, he will be in the spotlight. He will be in the news in it's the next. Cool. It's I would what say give it a couple of weeks. It's literally what he does. So here's one thing I'm going to add to that, right, Max? I want to address what you said. The fight with Jorge Masvidal doesn't need to happen. The Carmara Usman and the Jorge Masvidal fight doesn't need to happen. It would be nice for it to happen, but it doesn't need to happen. Understand something. Jorge Masvidal is in an awesome position right now where he can literally fight anybody. He can fight anybody. He is the ticket. Sure. He is the big draw. Right. So if you ask me, am I going to fight Conor McGregor? Right. If I have the opportunity to fight Conor McGregor, am I going to fight Conor McGregor or am I going to fight for a championship belt that I'm already the number one contender for? Because the fact of the matter is, if Conor actually doesn't, let's say, worst case scenario, Conor beats him. Mm -hmm. Let's say, worst case scenario, Conor beats him, which I'm not sure is, is, is likely. But let's say Conor McGregor beats. Uh, Jorge Masvidal. Conor McGregor right. wants the Habib fight. And Conor wants the Habib fight bad, right? 
So if uh, Conor McGregor wants the Habib fight bad, he's not going to take the title opportunity from Corey Mazidal. It's a win-win situation for him. You get to experience red panty night. You get to experience everything that comes with Conor McGregor, the notorious one. That all being said, I mean, this, this man literally came in at the perfect time. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about goats. We're talking about the notorious ones. I want to introduce everyone to the notorious Dorian Wright, writer <laughs> of the Right Way Sports Network, my guy. We're talking about Conor McGregor action, about Conor McGregor versus Jorge Masvidal. You came in at the perfect time. Let's hear your thoughts. Conor McGregor, should he, should he, should he be fighting Jorge Masvidal, or am I literally just sipping some of that proper 12 whiskey? <laughs> uh yeah thank you for the invite um it's not connor and jorge both my guys i think they should fight only because now jorge is not getting the shot at the welterweight belt right so i think that's big uh i don't know who else he's gonna fight i don't want to see him rematch nate diaz right and same thing for connor connor's not gonna get gaichi gaichi said he's holding out for khabib khabib obviously is going through things with his father he's gonna take his time so connor in the lightweight divisions kind of eh, you know, he really has nobody to fight. And I think that's why he retired. Uh, I saw on a couple other networks, they were talking about how is Connor done? Is he just a sideshow now? And I'm like, are you guys insane? Like, Come that's on. Connor we McGregor. That. Like, it, anyone he fights is going to be a show. So I, I want to see him fight Jorge for the BMF belt. Uh, I don't know if that was just a one time thing or is Jorge the BMF champion or something. I don't know how they're going to do that. But. Right. That's what that's what I want to see. Listen, here's my thought process process behind it. I think a lot of the guys have a lot to offer. Do not get me wrong. I think they have a lot to offer. I, I think that the Conor McGregor uh, Jorge Masvidal fight makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I know a lot of people are going to call me crazy. A lot of people are going to be like, "What do you mean, Conor McGregor versus Jorge Masvidal?" I mean, you know, there 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 is there there is. There is uh, some reasoning behind Jorge Masvidal obviously should fight Kamara Usman. But be honest with you, that's a boring fight. What makes the UFC exciting? It's a wait, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a boring fight. Nobody wants okay. to see that fight. Everybody wants to see the fight because of principle, right? In the UFC, there's a lot of jumping from you know one fight to the next fight to the next yeah. like from one division, like it's a fight that does not need to happen, in my honest opinion. I don't, I don't, to me, I don't care if Kamar Usman fights Jorge Masvidal or not. If Kamar Usman loses to Gilbert Burns and we see Jorge Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns, I'll be equally happy. I wouldn't care. The fact of the matter is, I right. think too much stock into Conor McGregor versus, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamar Usman. When to be, to be kind of honest with you, it's, it's, it's really not, ne it's not necessary. It'd be nice to see it, sure. Would it be nice to see Jorge Masvidal actually restore some dignity to the welterweight division and set everything in order? Sure. But listen, it takes two to tango, right? My, um, Kamar Usman wants wants much more, wants too much money, and he, he to be honest, he's boring. He's boring. Like the, the guy's not a draw. He's a champion. Yeah. So you got he's no Masvidal. He's, he's no, no Masvidal. He's no. boring. Nobody wants to see. Uh, Conor McGregor, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. And that's why I'm uh, under the, the impression that that fight doesn't move me. That fight doesn't get me excited. What gets me excited is Conor McGregor versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Requerta versus Proper 12. <laughs> Iris versus the Cubans. Yeah. EMF versus the Notorious One. 
that's what gets me excited. And that's what makes people fall in love with the UFC over, over a topic like boxing because UFC gives you fights on demand. Listen, you have a small window to make that fight happen. You have a small freaking window to make that fight happen. And if you don't, shame on the UFC. The same way the UFC had the, the window to make the GSP Anderson Silva fight happen yeah. and make it, it's one of the Absolutely. biggest regrets of their career, of the UFC's career. Absolutely. They didn't make GSP versus Anderson Silva. GSP wanted to fight. Anderson Silva wanted it. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah. It's a fight that needs to happen. Jorge Masvidal versus Connor. I mean, all it, the making's all set up there. And to be quite honest with you, me personally, I think the UFC, I think Conor McGregor, I think all these guys are the cahoots. I think they're just trying to get everybody interested. I think that is going to be a fight July 11th on Fight Island. Or I mean, why else? Why else would you push every fight back in August or later in July or at the end of this month? If you didn't know you already had your main event in store for Fight Island. That's oh, and Malik. Yeah. Let me let me add to to uh, I'm gonna go kind of on a tangent here. Um, so in, in talking about the way that the UFC structured and the way that they you know issue fights on demand, you have to give them credit for what they've done over this quarantine. I mean, if you think about it, 249, two, UFC 250, now UFC 251 that they just announced. All of those cards are mm -hmm. incredible from the from the prelims up to the main event. They're all stacked cards. So what are they doing? They're trying to get a general audience of sports fans that are craving for for sports. Obviously, there's nothing to watch. There's no football, no basketball, no baseball even, right? So what they're doing is they're drawing in this general crowd using with all these mega fights all stacked in these cards. And now fighting is more popular or more specifically, MMA is more popular than ever before. Right. So you have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Dana White is he is daring, but he is awesome. I know there's probably better words to, to describe, but the guy is, as, a, as an executive, as a sports executive, wow, he's doing wonders. I just felt like I needed to address that. He is, but let's actually talk deeper about that. <laughs> is, he doing, is he doing wonders? And here's what I mean by that. The UFC is going to be looked at as the sport that didn't leave us, right? They're going to be right. looked at as the sport that didn't leave us in the, during this time of a national pandemic and crisis that our country is going through. But at what cost? You, your greed, your selfishness, you wanting to push the show forward and going with the old Vince McMahon and, and wrestling's mantra, the show must go on. You also showed, you also showed UFC fighters that they are, no matter what type of draw they are, they're just a number to you, which is why you have guys like John Jones asking for his release, saying he'll give up the light heavyweight belt. Guys like Jorge Masvidal asking for his release, saying he let him fight at another promotion. I think that the, the, this 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 uh, national pandemic has helped the UFC, but I also think it's hurt the UFC. I think it shows a lot of people that Dana White and the ultimate ultimate fighting championship are all about self. I mean, it, it, it's it's showing proof. It, it it it's showing proof, and I think um, a lot of UFC fighters are quote unquote woke now to the fact that they're nothing but a number. What do you think, Dorian? So. I think UFC is finally on the main stage in which they always wanted it because mm -hmm. like, you know, like Max said, they're the only thing on right now, you know, individual sports mainly, but the UFC is the, probably the biggest thing on right now. Oh, it and is. I feel like the fighters are realizing the same thing that football players do, same mm -hmm. thing that basketball players do is, whoa, why are you guys billionaire owners and we're under a cap? I want to make my money. 
you see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook is already saying he's holding out, and he's been hurt his whole career. So he, but he understands <laughs> in, in this business, in sports, it's not just you know fighting. It's not just football. It's basketball. You have a small window to make as much money as you can. And I right. think these fighters are realizing we're the only thing on. So we're the only thing making money. So yeah, I want to get paid. Yeah, I want to get paid more than that. As they should. And I, I think Jorge Masvidal said, why am I being penalized and I can't get a championship shot because your champion can't sell? That's your fault, UFC. And he said, that's your fault, Dana White. And Dana said, if you don't want to fight, you don't want to fight. Right. And Dana's kind of doing like a, I'm the boss. Right. And you guys kind of just fall in line because we have other yeah. people who are willing to fight. And unfortunately, that's the way it looks like it's going to go. Um, and the live gate thing is really getting a lot of fighters because they're not getting a lot of money on the tickets that they do sell. Exactly. Um, sell tickets. So <clears throat> I feel like the UFC is trying to give them the short end of the stick right. uh, during pandemic. Of course, they're not going to make the same money if they could sell out MSG. But I think uh, Dana White specifically in the UFC is trying to get the fighter, the fighters, the short end of the stick. Uh, they should probably fork up a little money because you don't want to lose John Jones. You also don't want to lose Jorge Masvidal. You don't want to lose the goat. You don't want to lose Connor. You don't want to lose Henry Cejudo. That's four. That's four of your greatest fighters ever. And you're talking about losing them over money. Henry Cejudo. I don't know about that one. Okay. <laughs> Continue. I slipped in Jorge for that one. I didn't know if that one was going to slide, but <laughs> yeah, no. Henry Cejudo was not going to slide. To me, he's a. <laughs> to me, he's a. Okay, I'm not going to get into Henry Cejudo tonight, but I'll tell you this: I agree with what you're saying. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that the UFC is at a crossroads right now. And honestly, the stake of the promotion is hangs in the balance. You have to fork over the money. You have to show your, your fans that, hey, we appreciate you. We want you here. And we believe in you. So, and the words of our guy that just commented down below, he says, pay the fighters. Pay the fighters. And we I couldn't agree more. Pay the I fighters. Agree. Pay the guys that are making the show possible. Pay them. Because to be to me to me, the UFC wins. The UFC wins in this situation. So I want you guys to comment down below. Give us your thoughts for the for, for those of you who are in here. Give us your thoughts on what the UFC, what you think the UFC should do next. I think me, Max, and, and Dorian are of the belief that they should pay the fighters. They should treat their fighters with respect, with some dignity. And they should get up off their high horse and say, listen, guys, we understand you're going through a hard time. We also understand that you sell. That being said, we're willing to help you during this time. We're not going to penalize you, as Dorian said, Jorge said. We're not going to penalize you during this time. We're not going to say, hey, because we're going through a, a trying time, we're going to make you suffer. Because the fact of the matter is, Dana White, if you ever see this, which I'm sure you won't, but if you ever see this, here's what I'll say to you. If you're that sure that these guys are, you know, they're 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 kind of asking for too much, or if you're that sure that you can, you know, continue to make stars out of different guys, I'll challenge you to that. Release these guys, let them go to Bellator, let them go to one, let them go fight at a different promotion, and let's see how they how well they'll really do. That all being yeah. said, Max, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think the next topic that I kind of want to transition into is. Daniel Cormier, sticking with UFC, Daniel Cormier saying that he's going to retire pretty much after um, 
after the, after this year. No. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. You know, after he fights Stephen Miocic, Daniel Cormier is going to hang it up. No more John Jones fight. Nothing else bringing him back in. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, that's coming off the announcement that, that he's going to have his trilogy fight with uh, with Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title. So that's a great way to end it personally, and I'm sure you'll agree. I think he should have retired when he beat Stipe in the first fight uh, personally. Um, it's going to – you know, it's a little tough as a fan to not be able to say, you know, can we get any closure? I mean, I feel like we've gotten enough closure with the John Jones rivalry, but at least that last fight to solidify things – but I think he knows just as much as we know that right. like the, the way that that fight's going to go. Um, and that's not a shot on, on DC, but that's more so to the credit of John Jones being able to not only just beat DC on two occasions, but destroy him. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you could, we could, one can argue that DC's career could have took a different turn had he beaten John Jones at least one of those times. The fact of the matter is, this is the question I want to pose to you. Does John Jones... Versus Daniel Cormier. Is that a big enough draw to get Daniel Cormier to reconsider retirement? Let's say John Jones actually fights Francis Ngannou. He beats Francis Ngannou. Well, Daniel Cormier is the heavyweight champion if he beats Stipe. Right. Is that enough to draw Daniel Cormier into one last fight with John Jones at heavyweight? What do you think? It's a tough question, but in all honesty, I think it depends on the dollars, on the dollar amount. But beside that, I don't think he wants it. I think he's going to actually retire after this fight. Uh, win or loss, I think he's done. Um, and frankly, the way that, like I mentioned earlier, the way that the two John Jones fights have went, I don't think he feels too confident. He may not tell us, but I don't think he's too confident in his abilities to, to, mm -hmm. to beat him. You know. So I'm going to throw something different at you, right? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Here's what I'll say. What if, this is a big what if, what if they fight at heavyweight, like we like we were saying, right? Right. Daniel Cormier beats Stipe Miocic. John Jones beats Francis Ngannou. All likelihood of things that can really happen and should honestly happen. Right. I think if it was at light heavyweight, John Jones would not. I, I don't think Daniel Cormier would actually consider this fight. But seeing that, seeing the fact that it's going to be at the heavyweight, uh, the, the heavyweight division. I think that gives DC the best opportunity to walk in there and to shock the world and beat John Jones. And only John Jones' second fight at, at the heavyweight level. To me, that's enough to beat John Jones. Remember, DC was calling for the John Jones rematch at heavyweight just a year or two ago. He was calling for that. And John Jones said no. He had no interest in that. He said, John Jones said, why would I give one of my toughest opponents in Daniel Cormier an advantage by going up to heavyweight where he's comfortable because Dan, D, the fact of the matter is DC, when he goes down to light heavyweight, he's a different fighter. Sure. He's a different fighter. He's super dominant. Don't get me wrong. He's still dominant, but he's just ultra dominant at the heavyweight level. You mean to tell me DC gets to walk in with a little bit more of a belly? DC gets oh. to go in there and um, DC gets to go in there and, and, and really, you know, hammer it home to John Jones. I think this gives JDC the best opportunity. I think DC would want to avenge that loss to John Jones. I'm sorry, the two losses to John Jones. And I think at heavyweight, I think it gives him the best ability to do so. And I also think he it's something that he would do. I, I Yeah, you hear me say it live right now. If Daniel Cormier fought John Jones at the heavyweight level, 
Daniel Cormier would knock John Jones out. That's I might I mean. have to disagree with that, Malik, because let me and explain that's, it. That's even oh. with John Jones coming off of a week of doing cocaine, as he always likes to brag and says he does. It's true. <laughs> but let me let me pose this question to you really Sure, quick. sure. So assuming that John Jones – so let's go back to your scenario, right? So we're mm-hmm. assuming that he beats – that DC beats Deep for the title. Correct. And we're assuming that John Jones beats Ngannou, correct? In his, correct. In his first. So let me ask you this. How much – how good do you think Nganu is? And I don't I mean think, that to put you on the spot, but I'm just saying. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I love being put on the spot, right? It's what we do at the right way sports network. It's true. Right fair podcast. enough. We hold each other to high standards, but I'll answer that question. I think Francis Nganu is Deontay Wilder of the UFC. I, I think like he that. has the right hand. I think he has the power. I think he can lay it on him. But I think when it all comes down to it, and you get into the technicalities of the sport, and you got to stand on your feet a little longer, got to use a little bit more moves, I think he will be exposed. I think John Jones would expose Francis Ngannou. I think that is a nightmare matchup for Francis Ngannou. However, Francis Ngannou, a lot like Deontay Wilder, if the right hand lands, he has the ability to put anybody to sleep. The question all fight will be, could he put John Jones to sleep? It was the same thing that happened with Derek Lewis. Can Derek Lewis put Daniel Cormier to sleep? Well, how do you nullify a guy with a big punch? Well, in boxing, you can't run away from it unless you run towards it. In right. the UFC, the only way you can nullify it is by taking a guy to the ground, grinding it out, making him tired, getting him beside himself, and then when the time comes to stand on the feet, the guy doesn't have the energy. The guy doesn't have the power that he once had in the first round. So if you ask me, I personally think John Jones would take Francis Ngannou to the ground, keep him there, maybe try to submit him on the ground, or he would just grind it out. Kicks to the leg, jabs, kicks to the leg, jab, chop the lead leg, keep chopping at it, keep chopping at it. Remember, power comes from the base. And if you don't have base if you don't have the base to actually sit on your punches and actually land a shot, that's the first thing I learned when I learned boxing. You have to be able to sit and you got to land. You got to you got to be able to sit on your shots. You got to be able to land. You got to be able to, that's where your power comes from. People think, oh, the power comes from here. That's why a lot of people don't know how to fight. No, the power comes from down below. So for all you guys who go to the gym and you skip leg day, <laughs> uh, you're missing out, my guy. You, the, the power comes from the bottom. The power, that's how you That's how you got to lean into your shots. And me personally, I think if John Jones chops the lead leg of Francis Ngannou over and over and over and over again, I think Francis Ngannou will be exposed. So let me add to that. And I, by the way, let me start by saying – that Deontay Wilder comparison for Ngannou is spot on. I hadn't thought about that, and I totally agree. Because what is Ngannou known for? He's known for his knockout power and mm-hmm. his stand-up game. Because he's, you know, he's he was bred, he was a kickboxer before he joined the UFC, and he's always been more comfortable um, in the stand-up game. But with that in mind, how does John Jones win his fights? And to be to be honest, I think he's the greatest of all time. But a lot of it is. He's such a technically gifted fighter, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is size and keeping the distance. Right. Against a guy like Francis Ngannou, that's not necessarily in favor of John Jones. He's going. It's a bit of an even match in terms of size, and keeping the distance against Francis Ngannou isn't necessarily an advantage because Ngannou has length on him as well. The thing is also, going into the fight, I know John Jones naturally because I, I remember researching this because I was curious how they were going to do pull off this fight because John Jones is a pretty lean guy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but what I read is his his um, regular weight when he's not you know in fighting shape is is I want to say around the two fifty ish range, maybe a little bit more, which is pretty solid for heavyweight. But in Ganu, I mean, if you've ever seen the guy without a shirt, I mean, the guy is a athletic freak of nature, and I right. feel like it going into the fight, he would easily outweigh John Jones by at least 10, 15, 20 pounds. So let me add to this really quickly. Go what ahead. makes John Jones John Jones? Right. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about John Jones' skill that we don't see in every single one of John Jones' fights because John Jones makes you second guess everything, right? John sure. Jones makes you second guess everything. He hits you with a bunch of feints. He makes you come in with the he 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 he, he, he gets you all out of sorts. So when you actually get in there with John Jones, and you you, you know you want to do what you want to do with John Jones, specifically Francis and Ganu, remember, in order to get that shot off, you got to lean in with the shot. John sure. Jones is one of the best in the UFC with his elbows. He's one of the best guys at feints. Remember, a lot of guys say, you know, when they fight, you know, gr- fight a lot of great fighters, it's not so much what I couldn't do, it's what they could do that I was worried about. It's about them putting their hand in my face and me right. constantly have to worry about their right hook. Or in John Jones' case, his elbows, his lead leg sure. kicks chopping the tree down. That's the one way you beat a guy like Francis Ngannou, who has terrible cardio, by the way. You chop down the tree. Chop him down, chop him down, chop him down. And when when the time comes, when the time comes, guess what? It's John Jones' fight at that point because me personally, if it goes past the second round, I'm taking John Jones. I'm taking John Jones. Matter of fact, if it goes past the first round, that's how confident I am because your power only diminishes. Somebody says Stipe exposing Ganu. Since then, Ganu hasn't shown any improvement in the as- other aspects of his game. Jones would do the exact exactly. John Jones would expose Stipe Miocic. John Jones is the master at taking your strength and making it your weakness, and I think that's what he would do in the Francis Ganu fight. That all being said. It'll be a really good fight. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a really good fight. What a draw that would be. Oh, absolutely. Would be awesome. I, I would I would love to see I would love to see that fight. And I'd pay top dollar to see John Jones 100%. versus Francis Ngannou, only because um I definitely think that would be a great fight. But guys, we actually mentioned this earlier, right? Talk, talk switching the topics from the UFC for a moment. I just want to touch on boxing. I do want to touch on Deontay Wilder. And no, this was not a segment a scheduled segment of the show, but Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. All three of us saw that fight. All, all, all four of us saw that fight. Yeah. <laughs> and looking back on it, looking back on it, you can make the argument that Tyson Fury completely outclassed Deontay Wilder. In every way, shape, or form. But I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't think – I think uh, – we, 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 we looked it up, right? Tyson Fury came in with a 43-pound weight, di- 43 weight difference than Deontay Wilder. I don't think Tyson Fury can beat Deontay Wilder head-to-head in a standard boxing match. I think he needs to make it dirty. I think he needs to fight fight rough. I think he needs to make it completely dirty in order to beat Deontay Wilder. Think about it. You know, he came in at two. I want to say it was two. Um, two. I mean, you can fact check me on this, Alexis, if you want. But I'm pretty sure uh, Tyson Fury came in against Deontay Wilder at either 265 or 270. Compared to Deontay Wilder, who came in at the fight at 231. I believe it was like a 40-pound weight difference or something crazy Correct. like that. To yeah. me personally, I don't know yeah. 
If Deontay Wilder fights Tyson Fury again, I would put a clause in there that says, hey, this guy can't come in at, at that weight. That's a mm-hmm. huge disadvantage. I don't even understand how that how that's possible. I don't even care if it's at the heavyweight divi- at the heavyweight level. A few more pounds later, this guy's at 300. <clears throat> I don't think Tyson Fury can beat Deontay Wilder in a straight standardized boxing match. That's my take. What do you guys think about that? And I'm gonna let each and every single one of you guys speak. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, get get off camera for a second. So, Doran, you want to start or? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I'll be quick. I. Tyson Fury technically is the better fighter, but Deontay Wilder's right hand is insane. And I kind of agree with Malik. If you do try to make it a dirty fight and get inside on him, he won't be able to really use his power. But if you stand back arm's length with him, he's going to take your head off. Uh, the, The weight difference is a big deal, but, I mean, Wilder signed the contract. And, honestly, Wilder thought he knocked him out the first time. So I thought, I think he thought that he was just going to go back in there, put his right hand on him, put a left behind it, and put him to sleep. And the exact opposite happened. Uh, but in a rematch, it de- depending on the weight as well as if the, if the ref's going to let him do that, because he was, he was doing a little bunny rabbit punches to the back of his head yeah. and stuff like that. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't fighting there. If the ref's going to do that, I think if they would have took a point away from him early, he wouldn't have done that. Uh, but I'll, I'm going to go back with Deontay Wilder on that one just because I, I can't ignore that power. So to so to add on to that, um, I feel that um, I agree. I understand your take. The guy is incredible. His knockout power is, is outstanding. Um, but – as we saw in the first fight, I agree with Malik that the weight the weight difference was a little unfair. Um, but I I would argue that technically uh, Fury is clearly the better boxer, at least technically speaking. Um, and he already has Deontay Wilder. Um, he already has Deontay Wilder from a mental aspect. He 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 completes he has a place in Deontay Wilder's head. So um, if if there's a third fight, I understand the argument why you guys would choose Deontay Wilder, but. I still think even if there is less of a weight discrepancy, the fact that he does hold such a strong place in his head um, and he's already proven that he can beat him once, I think that psychologically what's going to happen is Deontay Wilder is going to want to go in, guns blazing, trying to knock him out, and he's going to get caught with a counter, counter right, God knows what sort of what sort of attack, but he's going to get caught and he's going to pay for it. And I feel that uh, Tyson Fury will solidify his, his uh, redemption tour with a victory over Deontay Wilder in the trilogy fight. That's an interesting take. Um, I mean, I would love to see it if, you know, it were to happen, it would be very entertaining. I would, I would say at least for me, um, like I said, I'm not too well versed on, you know, the details and everything of fighting. However, I mean, I don't know, maybe, Maybe he can pull it off. Maybe Deontay Wilder could pull off that win. But I don't know. I guess it's something that we won't really find out until it happens or if it ever happens. Um, But to you guys' point, I think that the weight discrepancy definitely does play a factor. It is an unfair advantage. So it's definitely something to consider in that fight. But, you know, anything is possible. 
Anything, anything is possible. And Michael Reeves just commented. He says Tyson Fury's performance <clears throat> performs better in a sluggish type of fight. Not everyone is equipped for that, equal, uh, especially with the weight difference. I'll tell you this right now. It wasn't a sluggish type of fight, Mike, although I appreciate your comment, brother. It was a dirty fight. It was one of the dirtiest boxing matches I have ever seen, to be quite honest with you. The shots that he that, that Tyson Fury was allowed to get away with, the constant you know pressure, you know, his head on Deontay Wilder's head, the, the constant swinging him around. It was one of the dirtiest boxing matches I'd ever seen. And to be quite honest with you, I don't understand how he didn't get more. I mean, we know he had a point deduction in the fight. I don't understand how he didn't get more point deductions. That all being said, Deontay Wilder, you know, he lost. He was not prepared. He needs to go back to the drawing board, learn defense, and maybe he comes back and maybe he puts on a he puts on a better fight against Tyson Fury the next time around. That being said, I'm not so sure. I think he can do it. I think he can do it, but he needs a little bit of help. And what do I mean by a little help? He first of all and foremost needs to agree that there needs to be a weight clause in that fight, the same way we're, we're all talking about here. It needs to be a weight clause in that fight against Tyson Fury. Because what happened, what happened in their second trilogy fight, I'm sorry, their second fight, not their trilogy fight, their second fight was absolutely disgraceful. And I, I felt super bad for a guy like Deontay Wilder who worked so hard. You know, that was his, I'm pretty sure that was his 11th or 10th title defense. And he lost to a guy like Tyson Fury who came in with clear advantages. But once again, that's water under the bridge. It'll be exciting to see what happens in October when the two put on the gloves. I'm excited for it. Can't wait to see it. I'm ready for it. That all being said, jumping on to the next topic, guys, uh, as we start to wrap things up here, I got to ask you, um, how do, what are your guys' feelings about the NBA coming back, right? The, the new format, 22 teams in Orlando. Uh, what, are, what, are your, what are your feelings towards that? Do you think it's unfair to some teams? Do you think – I mean, clearly it's unfair to some teams. What are your thoughts on that? I'll let Alexa start. I definitely I definitely would say it's, it's unfair to some teams, but – bright side that you know everyone else is going to look at at least in the public eye is that basketball is coming back so it sucks to you know have your season end that way and of course it is definitely unfair to certain teams um however people are going to be excited just that we can talk about basketball that basketball is back that they get to actually experience at least some form of you know, some form to the end of the regular season and then experience some format of a playoff, uh, whatever that, you know, that playoff is going to look like. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. So I think that that's just, I don't know. I mean, I think coming that the fact that the NBA is coming back, you know, makes a statement for sports and it kind of, it is setting the tone, I would say, at least for the rest of the sports world. That's, you know, trying to figure out what the next steps are in terms of things like the NFL um, and even like the women's league is trying to work something out for their season as well. Can so we all- I think that, that the NBA coming back positive. Can, can, can we all agree that the Lakers are going to win the championship this year? When, now that the league is coming back. Yes. No, I will not. Yes. Sir. Are, no, we, I will not. are we, are we all yes. in agreement that the Lakes show that LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, including Anthony Davis are going to be the team that, you know, hoist the NBA trophy at the end of the year. I personally think they will. I don't. I don't understand how they're not. I mean, you tell me. You, you, you stop. You stop towards the end of the season. You give LeBron like another off season to prepare. Everyone's healthy. AD and LeBron were just hitting their stride. I don't know. I feel really good about LeBron. LeBron James and and Anthony Davis and the Lakers' chances. 
at uh, you know, getting the job done this year. I know everybody wants to say, oh, the Clippers and Kawhi. I understand that. It makes a lot of sense. But I didn't take the Lakers beating the Clippers as a flash in the pan when they beat them towards the end of the season. I didn't take it as that. I took it as the Lakers finally hit their stride. They know how to beat the Clippers now. And I don't know. I feel good about LeBron's chances. I feel good about LeBron getting that uh, getting that fourth ring. I really do. What are your thoughts, uh, Max? I know you're you're you were adamantly you're adamantly you know disagreeing with us. So uh, <laughs> let, let's hear your thoughts, buddy. So if you would have told me while the season was going on with home court advantage and all of that, I would have said absolutely Lakers, hundred percent. To your point, you know LeBron, he wants to get that championship for LA. Um, the Lakers are destined for success and all of that. And I, and I understand that, but now in the new format, neutral venues, you know, who wins in this small market teams win in this. Now you take away the aspect of the fans. Everyone's playing in the same conditions in virtually the same places in the same complex. So what does that mean? That means teams like the bucks, teams like the rockets, teams like the nuggets all have a better chance of winning the title now than they ever did before. Not that they got necessarily better skill-wise. They've always been good teams, but they don't have to go to Staples Center to win the Western Conference anymore. They don't need to go to all of these, you know, they don't have to go to Boston. They don't have to go to all these big cities with all these crazy passionate fan bases and, and that have legacy and teams that have legacy in, in certain buildings to win playoff games. So now that everyone's playing on an even field, it's now more than ever going to be a game of, which team is better than the other skill-wise, and the things that aren't controllable, such as fans, atmosphere, so, and you know, chances winning at cities, that's all out the door now. Dorian, Alexis, do you hear what Max just said live on the Right Way podcast? He said the only reason why LeBron has success is because of fans. That's he said, I didn't say that. He said, he said LeBron James, he said, <laughs> now that the fans are not in the arena, he said, now that the fans are not in the arena, LeBron James is going to get exposed. That's what he said. No, I'm okay, not. I'm not. All right, I, I, <laughs> I don't think he took it that far, but he has a valid point in saying that, you know, playing on neutral ground is going to be very different because when you look at it, you're taking away the element of the fans, and the fans, let's let's be real, they add to the game. They give you, you know, they hype up um, the players, they give them that momentum, but. I don't disagree with you that the Lakers are favorite to win. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think that if if the Lakers are going to get another are going to get another ring and bring home the championship, this year is going to be the year for them to do it. For LeBron to get that four three. Here's what I'm going to add to that. Listen, LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. I'll keep saying it. He's my goat. He is the greatest of all time, in my opinion. That being said, that. that being said. I don't care if it's in an empty gym. I don't care if it's in a court, a basketball court somewhere in Cleveland with no um, with no uh, <laughs> with no net. He will be the best basketball player on the court. And when all the chips are on the table, and you need LeBron James, <clears throat> Stephen A. Smith voice there, and you need LeBron James to get the job done, and then you add in the fact that he has Anthony Davis with him. That's the thing nobody talks about. Like everybody's and like, that, oh, that, that's what I just said. You it's mean, like Kawhi you and have Paul that George, duo. This is the perfect time like, for them to get the ring. Yeah, it's the perfect also, year for them to bring home the ring because people but, sleep on AD. They do. 
They really do. And they don't understand that nobody in the NBA has someone who can guard Anthony Davis. Kawhi can't guard Anthony Davis. Paul George can't guard Anthony Davis. James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Giannis, none of them are guarding Anthony Davis. And you say bronze, your goat. I'm going to let you have that. I don't agree, I but mean, I think he's no, he's a, there's no there's no there's no debate there. LeBron, there's a few debates. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that right now. Here's what I'm gonna say. LeBron is my goat, and here's why LeBron James wins every single where that he goes. Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. LeBron James throughout his career has done it with the likes of J.R. Smith. He's done it with different guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not disrespecting J.R. Smith. No, 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 no. Not tonight. No, no, no. We are. We are. We are. And here's why. You guys disrespect because you saw some damn Jordan documentary that changes. Listen, the athletes that LeBron James is going up against night in and night out, significantly, significantly faster, stronger than the athletes that Michael Jordan went up against in his heyday. Let's debate about that. Let's debate about that because that's nothing so, but facts, right? Okay, we have a so show on the right-way sports network called The Facts. That's a fact. So the talent that LeBron James is going up against, this man made eight straight finals. And you want to sit up here and tell me he's not the GOAT? How? He did it with the Cleveland damn Cavaliers. It doesn't matter what star powers they had. The people want to say LeBron James. They want to say LeBron James, uh, uh, you know, started the super team area. Bull crap. If LeBron started the bull, the super team era, LeBron Don't James get me started like, with the super LeBron teams. James would have the Boston Celtics back when they offered him when he was making the quote unquote decision. No, he joined his buddy, Dwayne Wade, who might I add is a future Hall of Famer, one hell of a player. But people don't respect LeBron's greatness enough, and I'm tired of debating it each and every single day. It's the truth. LeBron literally proved himself night in, night out. It doesn't matter what the competition is. This man literally just proved it before the NBA went on hiatus. He beat Giannis and Kawhi and Paul George in the same damn weekend. And we want to sit up here and say Michael Jordan, who played he the freaking pizza, pizza guy? Uh, um, want to say Michael Jordan is the GOAT because he had some Hall of Fame talent around him. Scottie Pippen doesn't get the respect he deserves. He was top 25 best players in the league. So was Dennis Rodman. He was top 30. What are we talking about here? We disrespect LeBron James night in and night out. And I'm tired of debating. I'm tired of, like, having to defend LeBron James. He's the goal. Can I? He is the I want to add to. I want to add to. That. And when so, he gets so, the rings, yeah. he'll prove it the same way Tom Brady proved it against Joe Montana. Once Tom Brady got the rings, now he's the undisputed goal. If LeBron James gets these rings throughout the next three years, he will be the NBA's goal. And that's all I got to say about that. So, so let me add to that. I want to. I want to address a couple things, right? So, yes. so <laughs> to start, to start, let's talk specifically about this year and the Lakers' title chances. I would agree that they have a very strong chance. Obviously, any team with LeBron has the strongest chance in the league. But how much of a sample size do we have of Kawhi with Paul George on the court? Not a big one. A lot of it is load management. A lot of it is, is things that, you know, the coaches control. But my point is, if you're looking at it from a roster perspective, mm -hmm. right, no player in the league's better than LeBron, right? And, and Anthony Davis is a top five player. I'll, I'll give you that. But – Look at the starting five. I wouldn't look say at top five, but he he's close. He's up there. He's up there. But the point is, yeah. my point. The point I'm trying to get at is, on paper, 
the Clippers have a better team than the Lakers. Sure People don't do. want to talk about they that. They don't have LeBron and, James and Anthony no, Davis. No, but, but let me finish. Let me finish. Additionally, Kawhi and Paul George really haven't been on the court at the same time this year. We have yet to see how much of an impact those two can have. We ha- we don't have much of a sample size. I have a question. When yeah. the NBA returns, they're playing the eight games, right? Is Kawhi load managing one of these eight games? That's all I have to know. Because is Kawhi is Kawhi gonna even is, is he even gonna play? And nobody gives. I, I want to answer this. Grant he won't Man, be load managing Grant, in the playoffs. Grant Man thirteen. Nobody gives a damn what happens in the regular season. We talking about championship, <laughs> man. We talking about championship. You talking about stats? I don't care for stats. I want to talk about the proof in the pudding. Because at the end of the year, LeBron James, like he has before. He will be in the finals. Kawhi and the Clippers and his talented team. And they have one. By the way, I want to make no state mistake, but I have the utmost respect for the Clippers. I have the utmost respect for Kawhi Leonard. But to sit up here and say, because by that statement, by you saying statistically Kawhi has owned LeBron, I'm of the belief that you're saying, if my, if, if my ears are clear, if my sight is seen correct, it makes it seem like you're trying to say Kawhi Leonard is better than LeBron James. That's what it sounds like to me. And to me, once again, on the Right Way podcast, we deal with facts. That's not a fact. Somebody says, you can't stop AD. <laughs> Somebody says, you can't stop AD. But Giannis can slow him down like no one else in the league. Ken, um, he says, Iggy, Crowder, and Jimmy can take turns on the Let's go heat, stars. baby. Let's go heat. Okay. Can I, can I say ain't, something That ain't happening either. Can I say something to that? Can I say something to that? David, thank you for the comment. Yeah. You're right. Gian- Giannis can slow AD down. I get Giannis can slow anybody down. Giannis is that great. But Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Jimmy Butler will be at home by the time LeBron sees Come home. on, man. LeBron's going to – they're going to be playing pickup at Venice Beach maybe. Right, right, right. They can take turns on him there. But who, who otherwise – who, who guarding LeBron? And they didn't make it to no damn – they won't even see him there. Yeah, Miami. Miami has to deal with Boston. Miami has to deal with Philadelphia. Oh, Miami has to deal with the Raptors. All three of those before you get to the Bucks, and then you get to the Lakers. Like, but look at listen to how I respect listen, the Heat fans. Listen to LeBron's goatness. Look at LeBron. Listen to LeBron's goatness. LeBron is so great. LeBron is so great that they're saying they need to take they need three players to take turns guarding him. What about being Jimmy Butler? Malik, Malik, and let me tell you, I want to pinpoint to two things why I, I totally agree that LeBron is the GOAT, okay? I'm going to pinpoint to two things, and I think I've mentioned this to you before. The 2007 season, he takes Eric Snow, Anderson Verizhao, Mo Williams to the NBA Finals with a record best 67-25 and 25 record, mm-hmm. okay? Sure, they, they got swept the by this. defense sport. in the league. Right. Sure they got swept. Sure they got swept um, in the finals because the Spurs are a better coach team, have a better overall team, sure. But the fact that a guy at what was he in his early twenties took his 21. team that far, right? Single handedly, no supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I want to talk about 2018, right? This is Wait, a Max, 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 before right, you go, okay. I just want to add this comment somebody just said. Sure. This is a comment right here to end the GOAT debate. LeBron dragged the sorry Cavs team while Michael Jordan couldn't beat IT. <laughs> You're right, Gregory. You're right. That's what I'm talking about, man. You're right. Get out of here with this Jordan stuff. We gotta, we gotta put, put, 
hold on. We got to put respect on Isaiah Thomas's name. He, yeah. I think he's the second best point guard of all time. I still got him over Steph right now. Ooh, okay. Okay. He says, so, Molly, Grant yeah. says you can say the talent is a lot better today's era, but you can all you also have to keep in mind teams had more an identity back then and played more physical. LeBron never had the challenge. Yeah. MJ, wait, wait. Okay. I like the Indiana Pacers. We've been talking. Chew them up. Chew them up. Chew them up. I don't know if Alexis is. I think think a Wi Fi is going out. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, now now that's better. Can you hear us? My Wi Fi has been spotted. Oh, okay. So, uh, Dorian, what, what were you saying? What were you, Matt, okay. Matt, whoever wants to that. So, I, I, I'll say something to that. First on. off, first off, first off, I'm going to go back to the beginning when I was originally saying, because I don't even know how we got on this topic. I'm a diehard Lakers fan, right? Kobe's my favorite player. Nobody's ever going to take that. Mm-hmm. But I have Kobe as the GOAT, but I don't want to debate you with LeBron because I see how passionate you get. And I've, I, I've learned I, just to not debate LeBron fans. I've no, no, no. I, I respect Kobe. I respect Kobe. I don't think anybody <laughs> had Kobe's mentality. Mamba mentality yeah. is a real thing. So with the whole physical error thing, that's true. But at the end of the day, and people call it soft. People call it what it want. You can call it what you want. That's not basketball. If I go up for a layup and you throw your elbow in the side of my rib and I fall to the ground, that's not good defense. Right. That's that's, And that's why the NBA took it out of the league. Now, granted, I don't like them taking hand checking out the league because that's ridiculous. But the whole physical thing being yeah. like a positive, that's not a positive thing. So I want to add something. Got punched in their face and then got I, the finish I gotta the add game. Something to that. I got to add something to that because that's a great damn point. I, but I wouldn't say that. Go ahead. One thing I want to add to this really quickly, really quickly. That's like people saying, Grant, you just said, uh, you know, LeBron didn't have to deal with, you know, the competition. MJ had to face when and getting slammed to the floor and all that. Nobody should. That's like saying Floyd Mayweather isn't the greatest boxer of all time because he doesn't, he didn't fight like the guys back in the day where they went slug for slug, hitting each other. Yeah. Hitting each other. Okay. No, it's pure talent. It's the actual game of basketball. Just like it was the actual game of the actual sport of boxing. No, it's not cool to be taking the elbows, getting punched in the face, getting slammed to the ground as you're going up for the layup. All that proves to me is MJ was tough. Nobody's saying he's not tough. Okay, maybe we could say MJ's the toughest player of all time. I'll give him that. That's what I'll give him in my all-times. <laughs> he's the greatest <laughs> player of all time. But in terms of basketball, if you want to start a damn franchise, are you picking Michael Jordan? I'm talking about from scratch. You have a draft. You have to pick. You could pick anybody you want. Are you picking LeBron James or are you picking a shooting guard in Michael Jordan? LeBron James is a physical specimen. LeBron James can guard any any area of the court. LeBron James, you have to guard him from any area of the court. LeBron James, it, like literally, the, the dude, like super <clears throat> teams have come together to stop LeBron James. And you want to talk to me about, oh, Le- Le- LeBron James is, you know, he didn't deal with the competition. He didn't, he didn't have to face the tough guys. And Michael Jordan didn't play against the same talent that LeBron had to go against. He didn't play against the same type of athletes that LeBron had to go against. Could you imagine LeBron, Michael Jordan going up against a Giannis on the Takumba? Please. Can Michael Jordan guard a KD? Please. 
Well, nobody want to talk about nobody want to talk about Kobe put forty on Michael Head in one half when he was in Washington. People always seem to forget about Michael mm-hmm. Jordan's days in Washington. By the way, for whatever it's reason, a wash. as if they yeah, don't it's count. A bit of a wash. They're very, they're very overlooked. They're very overlooked. Yeah. Washington days. Nobody ever talks about him going thirty-two and fifty-one or whatever. And, 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 how, and how old was he? How old was he? I'm like 30, 34. Not that oh, old. Thirty. Yeah. He was in his. He was in his thirties. What's LeBron? Like his mid thirties. Thirty-five, I think. Right, right. And we still talk about him being the best basketball player in the world. And you want to talk to me about? Okay, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Alexis, you were saying something before we rudely interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, my uh, my Wi-Fi has been spotty all night. It's been going in and out, so I apologize for that because I keep, you know, popping in, popping out, you hearing spurts of me. Wait, 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 wait. I don't even know what I was saying before last that. Thing, last thing. Grant just said, no, but it's how I react. I'm sorry, Grant. I'll be a little less calm, a, l- a little more calm about LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron has been when he's played against, uh, when, he's play, when, he, when he's played physical. The Clippers have had that in their identity. Let me explain. Let me end that argument one time. Until the Clippers get their own damn arena, because they're not LA's team, they don't have their own identity. <laughs> they have their own identity. And, and they just oh, bought the forum. Boy. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer just bought the forum. If they play in the forum, that's still not their stadium. No, that's no, no. They're not playing in the forum. They're not. They, yeah. I think. I think they're gonna. They're gonna. Uh, you know, build a new stadium there. Oh, okay, good. He's talking, he's talking yeah. about the Clippers have an identity. What identity? What identity? The, do they have? the fact that they live in the fact that they live in the Lakers shadow—that's their identity. That's what well, he says. That's why I love Kawhi and MJ comparison. If Kawhi had an absolute terrifying offensive game within it, like, that's good. That's really good. I like that. I uh, hadn't thought about that. Yeah. 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 There's no way we're counting Jordan's game 38 to 40 the Wizards against him. We're not counting the game against him. I am. I am. No, no, I'm tired of the I'm tired of the slander. Dave, David, you know what, David? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, David. I apologize. I apologize to you, MJ lovers in here. I, I will stop being mean to Michael Jordan. I just don't like the man personal reasons. But no, in all seriousness, he was one hell of a basketball player. Super successful. I will stop the MJ slandering. I apologize. I am. I am. I am able to admit when I am wrong, and I will admit I am wrong in the sense of slandering Michael Jordan. I am wrong in ever thinking growing up that Michael Jordan was better than LeBron James too. So I want I want to take this time to apologize. In the words of in the words in the words of in the words of Conor McGregor, I want to take this time to apologize to absolutely nobody. Michael Jordan is is second to LeBron James, and when he get listen, David, I appreciate you. I respect when Michael Jordan's game. Trust me, I do. But to say he's better than LeBron James to me, I just think that they're two different. I think the only reason why we're saying that is because of the ranks he has. And I don't have an argument for that. If we're talking about success wise, he's more successful than LeBron James. Uh, my, LeBron has a history of losing. Um, uh, what do you say? I believe my LeBron and MJ are 1A and 1 2. Your opinion is valid, bro. No, I appreciate it, David. <laughs> I appreciate it, David. You know, I love this banter on the after, after all that. Oh, after yeah, all yeah. that. I, I, I love that. Right? You know, I think, yeah, I, and LeBron is 2A. I mean, I'm, I mean, my, Michael Jordan is 2A. 
LeBron is one A. So like, you know, I do think that they're I think, but I also think Kobe gets disrespected in discussion, and that's another topic for another day. I, I think Kobe gets disrespected yeah. in the topic, and um, you know, I one of my one of my good buddies is a huge Kobe guy, a huge Kobe guy, but um, you know, uh, he 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 got me to see how the greatness of Kobe, and we, we, I certainly appreciated it more towards the end of his career versus mm-hmm. during his career. Grant is Grant is still adamant. Grant says not saying Kawhi doesn't, uh, I don't know what that saying. Does it just MJ? Was said from Larry Bird to be Jesus disguised as Michael Jordan. Oh, that's when Larry, when MJ dropped sixty on the Celtics and lost mm-hmm. that game for the record. Uh, Larry Bird said that Michael Jordan was Jesus in a pair of basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't when know why saying that. that that's when they it. That's he lost that game for the record. Nobody ever talks about it. He set the playoff record. For points, but he lost the game, and his legacy is winning. And he got swept that series, but nobody talking about it. But we we off the slander. I love Michael. I know, I know. We gonna stop talking about think, how many times he lost in the first round. We're not gonna talk about that, but we, yeah, you know. I personally think Kobe was Michael Jordan in a better era. Mm-hmm. To your point, better athletes, better talent. Um, that's just my opinion. People say he had Shaq, but he still won without Shaq. He still won uh, without Shaq. Mm-hmm. I'm a Kobe I mean, stand, so you'll never ever get me to say anything negative about Kobe. I have his jersey hanging up on my wall right now. The, the, most, negative, the most negative <laughs> thing you could say about Kobe is what they say about me. You you bring the best out of people. You you push people to be the best. And not all the time, <laughs> not every not, not all the time people want to, you know, you know, get to that level. But you you got you, you know, you require greatness around you. You require greatness of people. <laughs> That are that are all on board. You can't say with a straight face, man. You no, know, uh, <laughs> I just I just compared myself to Kobe being Bryant. I'm sorry, that was wrong. That was bad. But no, in all in all seriousness, I respect Michael Jordan. I respect Kawhi Leonard. I respect the Clippers. Grant, I know he's a Grant is a diehard Clippers fan. If you guys who don't know, he's a diehard Clippers fan, and he hates LeBron James. So he's like he goes, he goes on a crusade against LeBron a lot of the times. But you know, I understand. I understand it, right? LeBron's not everybody's cup of tea. LeBron's not everybody's goat. Um, I, and I think I think it's awesome that we could have you know times like this, moments like this to jump on here and, <clears throat> and give our opinions, even though some of our opinions are wrong. It's a good time. It's good that it's good that we're able to do that. Listen, but at the end yeah. of the day, I think that we'll be singing a different tune once LeBron James catches up to Michael Jordan, which he will do. I think LeBron James will um will get will get that ring, and I think he'll get that ring this year's um to start with. I think that'll be his first ring in LA. I think when it's all said and done, he's he's due for two more. He'll retire with six. That's my that's my hot take. That's my hot take. But guys, we got we got I hope so. I, listen, we, we want to change the topic here. The NFL guy. <clears throat> The NFL is coming back, mm. and I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited. NFL coaches just got allowed back into the building. Um, some coaches didn't show up. <clears throat> the Lions. Um, <laughs> and, um, I'm throwing a shot at the Lions. <laughs> they did. Listen, as a if your head coach doesn't show up, you know they, the NFL finally says NFL head coaches are allowed to be back in the stadium, and you know you're on the hot seat. The organization knows you're on the hot seat. They open the doors like ah, fresher, fresh air. Fresh, fresh, fresh breath of air, and they don't even show up. The head coach didn't even show up the first day back after being off yeah. two months. He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" He said, "I'm vacationing." Hold on, I'm vacationing. Yeah. I'm out. I don't know. To me, that's just like a making of a of a disaster. The fact that you you know, but um, what he said. Oh, he said, 
I don't grant grants last day. He said, I don't hate LeBron by any means. I'm just trying to bring y'all back to reality. Grant, you are my guy. You have been supporting the right way podcast for so long, my man. And we greatly appreciate it. Thank you for bringing us to back to reality and for bringing everybody back to reality. (laughs) Just because the last dance just aired doesn't mean Michael Jordan's the goat. So you brought us back to reality and we greatly appreciate that because I think you, I think you, he says, if LeBron James, if LeBron wins a championship with the Lakers, he will be my goat. How about that, Malik? That's how confident I am he won't win. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know what the Clippers have done that makes you, people. I don't think the Clippers are going to win. I mean, if, gonna, that, if that's what we're. I'm going to take I you up on that offer. They're going to be the ones to beat them. I'm going to take you up on that offer, Grant. You know what, Alexis? We'll do one better. Max, we'll do one better. Dora, we'll do one better. We'll invite you on the right way podcast matter of fact grant send send us your dm uh, dm me your address right i will <laughs> literally mail you a lebron james jersey to parade on the podcast and we want to hear your thoughts as a newfound late if you're that confident if you're that confident if you're that confident grant i'll go one step further i'll denounce lebron as my goat right i <laughs> will be your goat but not only that I want something more of substance. I want you to become a Lakers fan, Clipper, Clipper, Clipper guy. If uh, LeBron James won a championship this year, you got to become a Lakers fan. Take me up on that offer. If you're that confident, you're right. You said you said you're that confident that LeBron James, you know, won't win a championship. If you're that confident, become a Lakers fan. I'll buy you your first LeBron James jersey. How about that? <laughs> Let's hear your con. Oh, oh, Ooh. there we go. Deal. The, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Okay. If 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 the Lakers and LeBron James win a championship, Grant will become a Lakers fan. That means all them Clipper jerseys you have, all them all, 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 all them Clipper jerseys you have. Salvation gotta, Army. It's got to be Salvation Army. Army. Right, 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 right. He said, <laughs> "Oh no, we 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 know you already agreed, brother. You already agreed. You're a mm-hmm. Lakers." Fan. You a Lakers fan. You LeBron James now. Yeah, it's time. It's time. But somebody, uh, back to our NFL talk, somebody said, that's why the Lions waste some of the greatest players to suit up for the NFL. Sure. And I think that's a different talk. Max, I know you want to add to that. What do you think about, not even just the Lions, but, I mean, you can touch on the Lions, but what do you think about um, the NFL being back? What do you think it means for football? Are you excited? I know I am. Oh, I'm ecstatic. I mean, especially being a Dolphins fan, uh, after many years of, of just – seeing us lose many games, not really making the playoffs. You know, I'm excited to see what Tua brings to the table. But to, to Gregory's point about the Lions, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford, Barry Sanders. I mean, they have, they've had countless Hall of Fame players, and what do they have to show for it, right? Um, they're a dysfunctional organization, just like the Dolphins are, unfortunately. But I think we're on the rise. I'm trying to stay a little optimistic. But, um, uh, you know, back from a general from a general perspective, I'm I'm really excited to see football come back. I'm confident that you know I obviously don't work for the league or anything, so I don't have, you know, I can't uh, I can't confirm anything, but I do feel like we're going to have at least fans to some capacity, um, which I think in football is is essential, and hopefully that translates to college football as well. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what uh, what this season has to 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 give us. Dorian, what do you think, brother? So I'm excited. I'm excited. I think the Dolphins are going to be decent too. Uh, I'm not the biggest Tua fan, 
I do think he's good. I don't think he's all-time great like everybody's calling him. Uh, but I'm excited to see what the Dolphins do. I'm also excited to see my boy Tom Brady on the Bucks. So <clears throat> we got Gronk back too. So it the Bucks are about the the Bucks are about to take over, uh, rightfully so, because the Saints been fumbling the division for too long. They just been winning, and then something always it's it's always something with the Saints. They never get over that hump. So don't worry. Now you got a nice excuse. Tom Brady's in the division. Just go eight and eight and fall out. Let Drew Brees retire, you know, let him get his job on NBC, you know, do what he got to do. Uh, who else we got in the league? Big Ben's coming back. I'm actually excited for that. I'm a Big Ben fan. Um, not of him personally, but I do like, uh, <laughs> I do like, uh, I do like Big Ben. Um, he's coming back. I'm hyped. Other than that, I'm excited to see what Billy B does without Brady. But I feel like that's everybody. He'll Other win. than that, he'll win without him. He'll be fine. They'll be fine. Alexis, what do you think? What? What? what, what Probably what, true. What do you? What, what are you looking for? Um, in terms of the season coming back. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the, NFL. I and y'all don't start with me. I am waiting for the Cowboys to do something special this season. That's all I'm looking for. Alexis, for your birthday, you know what I'm going to send you? I'm going to send you a stick, right? And you know you know that meme that says do something where you're poking? (laughs) That's what I I need you to do. I'm going to get you a Cowboys logo. And you're going to become the new me. I'm just looking for them to do something special this season. Um, They have, I think they have the tools to do it. They have the talent to do it, to make things happen. So I'm looking for them to do something special. So you know what I'm about to say. Malik, talk about about your Bengals. Wait, wait, wait. Before you touch on the Bengals. Don't talk about Joe Burrow. Gives me nightmares. It gives me nightmares, man. Okay, because I know know Malik's about to get into the Cincy wave. Did I just see two was the left-handed Russell Wilson? Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> is that Excuse what that face was? Oh, I didn't I didn't see this comment. Um That's high hopes. That's high hopes. But, but we want to keep we want to keep we want to keep we want to keep it keep it rolling before Dorian freaks out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll say this. I'm excited for the NFL football season. Oh, that's it. How about them Bengals? Who they who they who they said they gonna beat them Bengals? I'm super excited. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, the franchise savior. Joe Burrow coming into the Bengals uh, fold with Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard at running back. Then you got the receiving core of AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Auden Tate, and oh my God, T Higgins. I'm super excited for Bengals football. I'm not gonna make any predictions. The only thing I'm gonna say is that uh. It's going to be a fun season for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be a, 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 a as a casual fan, Mr. Wright, can you explain who Joe Burrow is and his greatness? <sighs> Joe Burrow is the greatest college football quarterback that I've seen since Andrew Luck. And in a lot of ways, I think he's better than Andrew Luck. I think he's more mobile than Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck had a bigger arm than him. But to me, you know, that's not everything. I think the biggest thing a quarterback needs is anticipation. Um, 
I'm excited for what the Cincinnati Bengals are going to do this year. I'm not going to make any predictions. I just know that seven teams make the playoffs this year, and I can't name seven teams that are better than the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC. <laughs> uh, Oh man! I said it. I said it. I'm gonna stand by it. The Cincinnati three teams better in their division. (laughs) Better by by, listen. You gotta be able to live up to expectations, and that's something that I know. That's one team you're talking about. That's one team like the Cleveland Browns have not. (laughs) Yes, Grant said it. The Bengals are the biggest sleepers in the league. That's fine. That's fine. No, Y'all no, keep sleeping on him. No. You know what? I Come saw, on. I didn't talk. Are you a Zach? Are you a Zach Taylor believer? Because I'm not. <laughs> I believe in Zach Taylor. I'm gonna tell you something else. I, on, I, I you are my living. You are proof. I said I'm gonna shut up. I won't mention Bengal talk. I won't say anything about the Cincinnati Bengals for a year straight. Well, guess what, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen? Time's up, and it's time to start talking about the Cincinnati Bengals again. We got Joe Burrow. <laughs> We got a new foul receiver core. Got AJ Green coming back. The Bengals went out and spent over 150 million in free agency. I don't want to hear jack crap from anybody. Listen, I'm warning you right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to shock the league. I'm not making any predictions, but they're going to be better than a lot of people give them credit for. You can laugh. You can laugh. What's your team? What's your team, Dorian? Y'all only six and ten. What's your team? Five, five and eleven. I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. Oh, okay, that's fine. Oh. But but I'm, I'm, not, I'm rooting I'm rooting for Brady and Tampa. Max, oh. Max, we see, Max, we see your team this year. We see your team. We see them. The, the Bengals will play the Dolphins this year. The, the Bengals also sure. play Alexis team, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys in Cincinnati, which I'll be at that game if they allow uh people in. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this right now. The Cincinnati Bengals gonna be both of y'all teams. Gonna be both of your teams. Okay. I can see that. And uh wait, somebody said this is their prediction: Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens, Broncos, Colts, Bills, Titans, Chargers. Okay. <laughs> the, Broncos, the Broncos are going to be nice. Broncos, the Broncos are, are the nice. sleeper. They are this year's sleeper. I totally agree. They are. I think. I think the Bills are this. I think the Bills are this year's sleeper. The Bills the are going to. Well, I don't know. The Colts, if you, the Colts are not better than the Bengals. The Dolphins are not better than the Bengals. What? Colts are not better than the Bengals. The Dolphins oh, are not. The Colts are Bengals. What? The Colts better than the Bengals, and the, the Colts. And, 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 I think the Colts uh, might win that division. I think they could win that division. They could win the division. The division not strong, not that strong, especially when you you got a, a lunatic like Bill O'Brien trading away a guy. Um, that's oh, true. Yeah, that's all. You know? That's true. But somebody says you have two one thousand yard receivers, Joe Mixon, and an offensive minded coach, and the amount of money they spent on that defense. Listen, people could sleep on the Cincinnati Bengals, but it's fine. I won't make any predictions on the podcast. They Dolphins have the better quarterback in that draft, and they Whoa. have a better defense. Just saying. Wait, how do they have a the better quarterback? How do they have the better quarterback? Let me, okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you Made a mix of defense. Let me ask you this question: Tua never gets hurt. Who's going number one? In all seriousness, who's going number? Really? Yes. Who has? Okay, I disagree. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdown passes in the college football playoffs. Joe Burrow went head-to-head against Tua Tagovailoa in Alabama. In Alabama. Mind you, uh, limping Tua Tagovailoa, who is clearly hurt. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's say Tua Tagovailoa stays healthy after that. doesn't ever, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. continues on the season that he had because, obviously, he beat Alabama already, right? He continues on the season that he had. He beat Alabama once. 
he could beat him again. He would have beat him probably again in the college football playoffs. And Joe Burrow, let's say he, let's say he has the season that he had. Let's say he has the season that he had, right? They all finish okay. where they finish. Joe Burrow continues as a season. How can you sure. confidently, how can you confidently and competently pick a guy like Tua Tagovailoa over Joe Burrow? After this season, Joe Burrow had <laughs> Joe Burrow had the great. We're not just talking about, oh, I think he's good or he might be good. We're talking about a guy who had the greatest college football season ever. Ever out of any quarterback. That's not my opinion. Yeah. That's not bias. Sure. That's facts. And that's what we deal with on the Right Wing Podcast. Facts. Season. Season. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking anything away from that. But let's be honest. As a prospect. David, David, so does the Miami Dolphins offensive line and defense. I don't know about defense. I don't know about defense. But anyways, uh, to add to that, um, look, Tua, as a prospect, he's mm-hmm. a better thrower. He's arguably more mobile. He's proven more in college. Aside from the records, yes, he's had all the records. They're both national champions. Um, Tua Tua has been able to do it hurt and not hurt. We don't have we don't have as much of a sample size on Tua, on uh, Joe Burrow that we then that we have on Tua. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but Tua. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the Georgia let's talk about the Georgia game where you put him in as a as a true sophomore and he goes Thank on you and. Stop. David, can you stop? David, can you stop right now? You're making me very upset, David. David, you're making me very upset. And I like you, David. You've been supporting the Right Way Podcast. You're making me very upset because you got to cut that out. Joe Burrow didn't have a more talented receiving core. Can we talk about it? All of Alabama's receivers for the next, like, two years are going first-rounders. Jerry Judy, first-rounder. Devontae Smith, when he comes out next year, going to be a first-rounder. Waddle, going to be a first-rounder. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? Same could be said with LSU. Ooh, Jerry, who you talking about? Two cat. You talking about um Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. I'm talking about uh Justin Jefferson. Okay, who else? I'm talking about all those guys. Who else? Who well, those are those are already what, two. What are those round, other guys? First okay. round receivers. So, 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 we got. So we got. We got. We got to add to that though. We got to. We got to yeah. add to that, right? Because yeah, you were talking about Waddle, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. and there's another guy that I'm forgetting from Alabama right now. I'm sorry, Henry, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. No, I'm not. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you have to also take it into account. Last time I checked, four or five is better than two. (laughs) But that offensive line, though, that's a pretty good offensive line. Alabama had had a better offensive line. Don't 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 let the guys coming out that didn't come out in the draft fool you. That's true. I mean, well, listen, they're both formidable teams. But let me tell you, Joe Burrow had all the weapons in the world. Okay. He had he had an incredible and Alabama, and, and, and Alabama had a running back. Had he came out in the draft this year, he would have been a first round pick. Well, Clyde also went in the first round, right? So that was, that let's cool. take that into yeah. account. No, that was I'm just saying in retrospect to their mm-hmm. offense. You know, four receivers are better than two. They're all first rounders. A running back that is a first rounder that decided to stay in school. Then he had first round offensive line talent who decided to stay in school outside of one guy. But didn't didn't LSU have the most uh, first rounders or some of the yeah. most drafted players out of all the schools? Out of all, yeah, I mean, most drafted, most drafted. Yeah, sure. But I'm saying, but I'm saying that. I mean, I feel like that helps. I'm not. I'm, listen, I'm not no, trying to take anything away from mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying, I just feel like you can use the argument. Listen, it's perfectly valid the argument you're using for Tua with the receivers and the help he's received, undoubtedly. But you could use the same argument with Joe Burrow this year. I mean, look, even last year, even last year, right? Different coaching scheme. Different players on the offense. What happened? He was above average at best, right? You change the scheme, you give him some better guys, better coaches, and he's improving. 
and he had the best statistical can I, can season. Can I add to that? Can I add to that? Season. Max, can I sure. add to that though for a second? That that's sure. a that's a that's a half glass half half you know half glass half full half full uh, opinion. And here's why. Joe Burrow, yes, he he did have a different offense last year, but we're also got to remember Joe Burrow came off of not playing football for two years at the University of Alabama after breaking his thumb one year, which is why Dwayne Haskins won the starting job over him. A lot of people like to think Joe Dwayne Haskins beat him out straight out. No, it was he he beat he beat him out because he broke his thumb, and the coaching staff wanted to go with Dwayne Haskins because he was more experienced. Now 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 let's continue to add to that, right? Um, he, he, he didn't play for two years. He came to LSU. He didn't have an offseason with his guys, by the way. I don't know if you knew that either. A lot of his guys yeah, were also transfers. I did, I did know that. That's his true. guys were also transfers. He threw, He still had an impressive season. Not an overly impressive season, but if you knew anything about LSU's um, game plan, they didn't cater to Joe Burrow's style. It wasn't a pro-style offense. What do you play in the NFL? You play a pro-style offense. They did what they do with all the LSU uh, offenses. They ran the ball. Run heavy. That's why sure. run heavy, run heavy. So he wasn't able to read defenses. He wasn't able to do things that he wanted to because he had a new guy coming in, transfer guy. They wanted to, you know, make sure that, you know, they didn't want to rock the boat too crazy. So what did they do? He finally had an offseason with his guys to prepare for this moment. Yeah, you brought in an offensive assistant from the Saints who was basically like an intern. He comes on to LSU staff. By the way, he was not a play caller. Joe Brady was not a play caller. He was the installer for the passing game. He was the passing game coordinator for LSU. You build the offense to a pro-style system, which you should do for all quarterbacks. People say, oh, he played in a great system. All all quarterbacks play in a system in the NFL and in college football. That's how you tailor your offense around your your quarterback's skill set. Every quarterback in the NFL, your favorite Mm -hmm. quarterback to your worst quarterback, plays in a system that caters to their ability. He played right. in a system, a pro-style system that most quarterbacks play in in the SEC that played to his ability because LSU had to change up and rip up from just doing the standard run, run the rock, um, you know, campaign that they were consistently doing. So once you build a, a pro-style offense around Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was then able to do the things that Joe Burrow was great at. Joe Burrow says he knows where he lacks on the field. He knows he doesn't have the the biggest arm. He has a good arm. He even has a bigger arm than Drew Brees because that was one not Drew Brees and Peyton Manning had on them coming out of the draft. They didn't have rocket arms. But he beat you with preparation. He beat you with studying film. He watched you. He knew that because of those weaknesses, he had to be the most well-prepared on the field, which is why game in and game out doesn't matter who the talent was. And I'm an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. I don't know if you knew that either. I'm an Alabama Crimson Tide diehard fan, and I didn't believe in Joe Burrow. I said, I will know how good this kid is when he goes against Alabama. He went against my team and destroyed us play after play. We had the damn president of the United States sitting up in the rafters. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow didn't care. Like Joe Burrow said, they said his demeanor is the same thing. Every single play. He doesn't celebrate after a touchdown. He runs off the field, puts on the headset, and starts looking down at the film. The little thing, he's this guy is obsessed with greatness, and that's what makes the great ones great. Pushing themselves to the limit. I'm not saying Joe Burrow is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not saying Joe Burrow is going to be the greatest quarterback in Bengals history. But what I am saying is that for you to say that he was the he was not the best quarterback in this draft class, I think is 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 um is a false statement. I think Tua Tagovailoa struggled. And, and a lot of moments, and I think we saw that, especially when he was going uh, up against some 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 tougher competition like a Georgia in the in the SEC. Joe Burrow went up against SEC competition game in and game out and lit them up like a Christmas tree. So that all being said, I understand. I think it's not going to be an argument that we that is going to be settled until you know not even week one, not 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 even this season. It's we gonna, don't we don't know who wins rookie of the year. Right. And not even that. It'll be an argument that will consistently be an argument until 
you know, um, until the end of time. Not only did sure. Joe Burrow have the greatest college football season of all time, though, guys, he was the he was the first quarterback to give Trevor Lawrence his loss, his first loss. He was the first quarterback mm-hmm. to give Trevor Lawrence his Pains first me. loss. Pains me. And, 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 and I think that says a lot um, about him. Now let's read into the, what some of these comments. Tua has a bigger step setback, or I'm step back. Joe gets in his offense a Hall of Fame receiver, Tyler Boy. Okay, alongside number eleven. So he's basically saying what Joe Burrow has to work with. He says you are going to see him struggle. I mean, Tua. Most of Tua's draft stock was getting the ball out fast and letting his talent do the rest. Right now, he doesn't have that in Miami. Which are fair points. Those are absolutely I, I agree. fair points. I think it's going to be very, very um, exciting to see how this whole thing shakes out, and it's going to be a story that is going to be told over time, right? It's like the whole, um, the whole, you know, Tom Brady versus Manning thing. It, that was an argument that was coming up, you know, game after game, week after week, and it it it, it, it was settled by Tom Brady getting those rings and Peyton Manning retiring with his too. Um, with that being said, guys, this was a good show. This was yeah. an energetic show. This was, was a great show. show. Um, I, I don't, Alexis, uh, I mean, she's the first lady of the Right Way Podcast. I'm thinking about maybe we need to add add these guys, add these guys to the show or something like that. I don't know. Definitely, definitely, uh, definitely, um, Max. Uh, I don't know about Dorian. He got some interesting takes. I'm joking. <laughs> but in all, <laughs> these guys, you can follow them on on, uh, on the Right Way Sports Network.com. These guys are, are 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 our writers. They also are coming out with a podcast called. Well, it's still a name in progress, but we're looking at Hooks and Kimuras. It's an MMA podcast. Um, well, I, I would say fighting in general, but focused a lot on MMA. And, uh, yeah, we're happy to have you guys listen. Yeah, uh, Dor- Dorian's the man. Max is the guy as well, man. They, these guys do a great job. They do a fantastic job. Uh, Dorian, you got anything you want to add to the add to this, man? So, podcast coming soon. Uh, and me and Max, I'll also have an article, a joint article coming yep. on the way. We're, we're going to give you guys our top 10 list Eight. and break it down for top 10 UFC fighters of all time. Well, you you guys experienced the Right Way podcast, and I'm hopefully now you can see why the Right Way podcast is the best podcast on the Right Way Sports Network. Because we bring the energy. We bring the fire. We bring the flame, and we get these guys interacting with us. We certainly appreciate each and every single one of you guys who joined in on the live. I know Alexis appreciates it as well. So last thing I want to I do, guys, is Max, Dorian, Alexis, tell these guys where to follow you at. My name is right down below, but Max, we'll start with you. So follow me on Instagram. It's Max at Max.Morero. Um, I'm on Twitter, Max underscore Morero. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm also on the Right Way Sports Network. If you want to, if you want, I write anything between UFC, 10 NFL to some NBA. So if you guys are interested in listening to some of my takes, hop on the website. I'll be right on there. Appreciate that. Dorian, tell them where to follow you at, my brother. Same. So I'm also on the right way uh, website. I write MMA articles. My Twitter is Doe Pippen. It's D-O-E-P-I-P-P-E-N. So I, I adopted Scotty Pippen's last name. I think that's probably the coolest last name. Um, and then my Instagram is the Doe Pippin, so T H E D O E P I P P I N. Alexis, tell them where to follow you at, First Lady. <laughs> yes, so you guys, you guys can find me on Instagram at I am underscore Lex L E X X J, the letter J. And you guys can follow me, of course. I'm just some guy. I don't know who who, who I really am, but I'm just some guy. Uh, you guys can follow me at. Right there, right report. 
on Instagram. You guys can follow me at Right Report on Instagram and on Twitter at Right Report with two T's. And the reason why my name is Right Report because everything I report is right. So uh, that being said, guys, want to want to appreciate want to say thank you guys to, for supporting the Right Way Podcast. We look forward to coming at you next Tuesday, and we might be having these guys join us on a regular basis. I've really, really enjoyed this. I, I had a lot of fun. Um, and David, thank you so I much, man. Too. David said he loved the show, definitely earned a follower. David, you know what? You were such an awesome dude. We don't usually follow people back, but I'll make sure our social media director follows you back, my man. We greatly appreciate you following us and supporting the right way sports network and the right way podcast check us out for articles we have our app coming out guys what we have our app coming out one more time we have our app coming out this summer guys and we're super excited to bring it to you um guys as always um we look forward to continuing changing the way you view sports and hopefully by you guys watching the podcast you learned a thing or two and if not you found us exciting and uh if not even not if not even that you, you found me uh you know, funny at the very least. Well, like the <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I get super passionate. It's what I'm about. And you guys are the reason why I got into this game. So thank you guys for making it enjoyable. Thank you for supporting the right way sports network. And thank you for getting for, for supporting the right way podcast. And as always, there's only one way and that is the right way. Everybody have a great night. We'll see you.